Hey everybody, today we're talking to Rob Pelleschi, CEO of G6 Hospitality. Rob is a good friend and a great CEO. Rob spent 20 years with Hilton before being tapped by Blackstone to come run G6. G6 is the parent company of Motel 6 and Studio 6. And unlike most franchisors, G6 owns a large portfolio of their own real estate. So he's got great visibility over a lot of markets across the US. We're gonna talk about COVID impact, we're gonna talk about his asset light strategy, and we're gonna talk about his partnership with the state of California. So although I am not Tom Baudet, let's see if they'll leave the light on for me. Well, thank you for coming on, you're the man. Yeah, no sweat. Where are you today? You look like you're home. I'm at home. Yeah. I'm at home. I'm in the, uh, I'm in the, like, the front like, room over here and just kind of, uh, you know, just uh, you know, in the house chilling. I was in the office yesterday. I'm going in the office like every, um, like you know, two or three times a week. What's what's your um, office look like? Have you opened back up or just the executive team? You and Curtis, uh, just, the exec- just the executive team and some, uh, uh, you know, uh, those that we deem essential to go in. Uh, you know, we're still processing. We process our own payroll, so uh, we've got the team that goes in there to manage the payroll and, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. And um, obviously, with a lot of these transactions, we're going, you know, in and out you know, moving paperwork and all that sort of stuff. So the, thanks for coming on. The reason I wanted to have you on, other, other than your obvious winning personality, oh. uh, is I, two, two different types. One, uh, economy segment, we want to hear what's going on there. Uh, we yeah. hear solid things compared to the rest of the world, especially the big box convention hotels. <clears throat> two, and probably most importantly, you guys are one of the few brands these days, everybody forgets, that still owns a bunch of your own real estate. Yep. So you have interesting, unique perspectives. Oh, by the way, if you ask your franchise community to do it, you're asking yourself to do it times a whole lot more than they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, and you still have uh, franchise, but okay, owned real estate all across the country. So you got great perspective with different markets. Uh, so let's hear, you know, which, what yep. did you had to do with the assets? How, what percentage did you have to close down? Which markets are faring better than others? Yeah, I mean, uh, Obviously, there's a lot there, uh, you know, from a business perspective, uh, you know, the business has been performing, you know, remarkably well, uh, is I guess the best way I'd frame it. We, at the peak, um, you know, at the peak of the, the virus, we had about 127 properties closed across the system. And that was predominantly required by governments, where they just said full stop close. Um, additionally, there were those governments that said we could only uh, take in essential guests. So, uh, you know, those were effectively closed or really low occupancy. So, with those factored in, um, even at the peak of the crisis, you know, some would say, you know, maybe late late March, uh, going into the early April. Um, our occupancy dipped down. The lowest we dipped down was probably around 35, 34%, 35%, 34% with those 120 properties you know, included. You take those out, then you're looking at a number that was in the high 30s, 38, 39% occupancy. So uh, we've been opening hotels, gradually improving. Um, and our occupancy right now is clocking in around 55% uh, percent occupancy. And that's both Motel 6 and Studio 6 brands. So across the entire system, which is 1,450 properties. Thank you. I was going to ask, 1,450. 
Uh, yeah. That's pretty good numbers. Uh, did you have in there anywhere uh, uh, any rules on assets where they could only be 50% occupied and things like that? Correct, correct. Our, you know, we led with our owned assets. You know, still, as, as you know, we own 275, you know, give or take, assets that we own. And we started with those first, that we capped occupancy at 50%. So 50% became our 100%. Uh, and the rationale for that was to maintain social distancing, um, as well as give team members some confidence that we weren't going to just jam a lot of occupancy in there. So uh, we capped it at 50%. We encouraged our franchise partners to do the same, and many did. Um, so that worked, uh, that worked pretty well for us. Um, and then we, we added in and layered in all of the other protocols the enhanced cleaning protocols, um, you know, uh, the, the, the deep cleaning. If we had any suspected cases, whether it be a team member or whether it be a guest, if it was a suspected case, we would immediately send in, you know, outside resources for deep cleaning and, you know, uh, you know the, that increased sanitation level. Um, so we enacted all those protocols, the same as everybody else in the industry, yeah. um, which worked well. What, what's your name? Clean and comfortable, clean at six. Everybody's got some brand um, in their clean program. Yeah, ours. We've just we just put a little logo on it. We didn't we didn't go safe at six or clean at six. We've got you know it's it's look our tagline is always going to be clean, comfortable, and affordable, and so everything plays off of that. Um, and then insert number here. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, so so one, are you back open one hundred percent? Have you opened up those fifty percent levels to one hundred percent? Uh, no, no. So uh, we, we still have about 23 properties that were, were in the process of reopening. We'll have all those reopened uh, by the end of this week. That's number one. Number two is it's a stair step. We don't go from 50% to 100%. We move from 50% to 60%. Um, and then we pause and we're watching those markets to make sure that there's no increase in cases uh, reported cases, making sure that you know it's it it makes good sense, and then from sixty percent we'll go to seventy five, and then seventy five up to a hundred. So it's a stair step approach, and um, candidly, we're probably leaving some money on the table, but we'd rather be safe, safe for our guests, safe for our team members, than than to just you know be too aggressive with occupancy. What, what kind of guests are you seeing, if you can get that granular? Construction uh, yeah. workers? Look, we've got our, you know, we, uh, it's funny, our guests are now being celebrated. Uh, finally, they've been overlooked for so long. Our guests have been and continue to be that truck driver that's hauling the product to the stores. The factory worker that's manufacturing anything from now it's masks or whatever, that factory worker. The farmers. You know, the oil and gas field workers, um, you know, the kind of the, I don't want to, it's the, the, the heart of America, that, that, that center soul of, of our country that has proven to keep the lights on, if I can use that, for this, for this country. They've been out there, the road warriors, every single day doing the, the necessary jobs that we need. We thankfully have always celebrated them, and they've always been there for us, which is which is clearly proven in our numbers now, uh, and has helped sustain us during this during this time frame. 
Yeah, I think the macro numbers prove that, right? Economy is on right. top and uh, luxury is on the bottom. Yeah. So. Ironically. It, it was, look, I, you know, I, we, we want it all to be back to the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, it was, it, it, you know, it was a little bit funny there for a while when you were looking at the star reports and you were seeing our, our rev par was, uh, our, our rev par was triple uh, luxury and triple upper upscale. It was like, you know, like, uh oh, uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, so it was good. Tell me what's. Tell me, are you seeing a difference in states? Are you seeing California acting different from Texas, or what do you see in state by state? That's that's been our biggest, uh, probably our biggest challenge is. Um, I I don't think I'd ever say, and I've ever said before that I wish we would have the federal government step in for one opinion. I don't think I've ever said that before or even thought that. But what we've seen is every state behaves differently. Many counties within the states behave differently. And then the major cities are behaving even, you know, even more differently. And um, which is problematic when you're trying to run a, a national brand. And so we have had from late February, uh, we started a daily crisis call. And then because of the ever-changing environment, it became two calls a day. And then which followed up with three calls a day because things were changing that rapidly. Some markets would require masks, some would not. Some require that you only accept um, essential travelers and no leisure travelers at all. Well, how do you define a leisure traveler, you, you know, at the time of reservation? You know, it's, you know, it's, it gets pretty difficult. Um, but every market, every state's been different, which has been a real challenge for us. But we've navigated it and done the best we possibly can. Talk to me, if we're getting to the government side, talk to me about, uh, you know, California, it's, I think, Project Room Key. And where, you know, you're helping first responders, they're contracting for rooms. Uh, and then I don't know if that's going to transition to, uh, you know, homeless or other social problem issues after that. But talk to me about your involvement there. Yeah, it started, um, the, everything started uh, like early March. And, and it started with the cruise ships in California. They needed to place those guests in a hotel. And Lynn Moorfield from the California Hotel Lodging called not only us, but a bunch of other properties and said, and brands and said, we need help. And at that time, it was so early in the process. No one really understood. No one really knew. We didn't have any of the parameters around there. So it was difficult. But based on what we saw from that process, we said, we need to pony up. And so we reached out to our franchise partners in the market. Um, we've got, you know, in California, you know, a couple hundred properties that we own, uh, you know, uh, and, and lease the, 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 um, uh, the franchise partners have got, you know, a bunch of properties. So together we just said, look, we'll help the state. And so we jumped in and we said, we're, we're in, we're going to, we want to help. Um, and then they came out with Project Roomkey and the idea. And our first step was to just help them craft a template deal. Just what would a template 
occupancy agreement look like uh, between the state, between a county, and between a property. So we worked with them on that. Um, and then after that, we put our properties on the table um, and said, you know, look, if there's, if there's any of these that you're interested in, let us know and we'll see what we can do. Um, and so we ended up working out uh, um, some occupancy arrangements with about nine locations um, in the state uh, and, um, and our franchise partners, probably at least about the same. So uh, it's worked well. Um, and, and now we're at the point, there were 90 day agreements. Now we're at the point where we're unraveling a lot of those. Do you see the need being less? At the moment, well, I think the, ori the original need was to, you know, to, uh, you know, to su to support vulnerable communities, right, right. Um, and I think what California has done, uh, it looks like their protocols have worked. They got ahead of it. Um, and the cases of of uh, of the virus didn't didn't explode as some had suspected or compared to New York. So I think their need lessened as time went on. Uh, because of some of the good work that the state did um, and the reg and the counties did. So um, I see the need is less, but now there's another conversation that's going on relative to solving homeless uh, and the homelessness issue throughout the state. That's a, that's a separate issue. Uh, the state is looking to address that. Uh, they may want to address that through uh, asset purchase an actual acquisition of some properties. The governor has put together a fund to do that, and they're looking through it. And uh, like any other, you know, any other, re you know, uh, real estate player out there, will take a look at each each and every opportunity. Um, with the kind folks at Hunter Hotel Brokerage, you know, and so uh, you know, Danny is already uh, on the on the Hunter team is already looking at at those opportunities talking to our team and we'll go back and forth with the state. So let's talk, uh, let, let's uh, transition into, into uh, the transaction world. I know you, like many of your peers, have been going the asset light strategy, candidly, right. for 20 plus years. Uh, I know that's accelerated uh, in the, the last couple of years and the time that you've been there, you've done an excellent job uh, executing on that strategy. Uh, talk to me one about the about the asset light strategy and how things uh, pre-COVID versus post-COVID. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. I think um, look, we have um, at, at the peak when uh, the business was acquired by um, one of the Blackstone funds. Um, you know, we had six hundred plus owned assets, and uh, when I when I joined the business. We were in the, you know, the high 400 range. Um, and it just was, we viewed it as problematic. It's hard for us as a brand to stay focused on, and a big company, to stay focused on a one-off property in Oklahoma or in Nebraska. You know, so our focus was initially to consolidate, um, to own the high barrier to entry markets, uh, the, the high quality, high performing assets. So we started selling, and thankfully, as you know, uh, as you know, uh, with with Hunter's help, and you know, this isn't really a commercial for Hunter, but we've together have sold a couple hundred properties over the past couple of years, and so um, we've been successful with you know with it. Uh, 
thankfully, our uh, franchise partners value our brand. Uh, they, they appreciate the value proposition that is low cost for consumers, but low cost for operators. Uh, they, they value that and, um, and, and they want to acquire our assets that are on the market as well as convert, um, you know, uh, outside of the real estate transactions that we're selling, we still have a development pipeline of about 154 deals. 60 of those are new construction, which shocks everybody to hear that we've got new construction properties. I mean, we're getting ready to open a new new construction property in North Platte, Nebraska. Um, you know, we've opened up Mesquite this year, Katy, Texas. So uh, it, it's robust and our franchise partners are committed to the brand. So we've had success selling assets. Going to an asset light model, it just seems like kind of a natural progression. I don't, see us going 100% asset free. I think there will always be a component of owned assets within our brand. Um, some of those high performer, uh, high performing assets, excuse me, uh, that are probably going to be harder for us to sell um, or, uh, you know, uh, and retain the flag. So I see us keeping a number of those assets maybe the number is 50. Um, but those are going to be strategic assets, Santa Barbara, uh, LAX, Jackson Hole, Las Vegas, San Diego downtown, some of those strategic, you know, high barrier markets. Uh, you know, why, why would you sell them? Uh, if you're at Main Gate Disney in, Orla in Anaheim or at Main Gate Universal in Orlando, probably, we should probably keep those assets because for me to replace those, uh, it's probably it, the competition out there is fierce. So, uh, but anyways, but meanwhile, we're on a journey. We've, we've been successful this year, um, you know, selling assets and getting assets under contract, despite uh, the environment. Um, you know, things are slower uh, as lenders have, have paused the underwriting um, but that said, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's a great appetite out there and um, owners are still eager to buy. Yeah, are you, uh, I'll put words in your mouth because I know the answers, but uh, we're, you're still selling assets. Uh, you closed three last week. That's correct. Uh, you're still signing up new contracts, uh, yep. dare I say, at your uh, asking prices. So not heavily discounted. Uh, it's just that the pace is a little bit slower. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And I think that I, I, I think that the, the pace slowing is not is just a result of, of banks being overwhelmed. Uh, not the SBA, like uh, that many of our buyers go to as you know, the, 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 the first choice, uh, you know, they go to the Small Business Administration in many cases or those smaller regional banks. Those guys are just were inundated with PPP. And so uh, now that that's uh, not necessarily wrapping up, but they, they're ahead of the curve there. Now they're starting to look at new, new deals, new underwriting. So I expect the machine to get going again. Um, traditionally, August would be a slow time for us uh, in that deal transaction world, uh, maybe, you know, August, maybe early September. I think we're gonna be busy. Um, I think we're gonna be very busy because I think we'll get through the backlog 
and and get out that funnel and, and start cranking again. Um, but as you said, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, God bless Sam over at Global. Uh, you know, still closing hotels in the middle of all this, and and still pounding on the door to buy more, um, and uh, uh, eager to buy more, but definitely wants to negotiate. I, I, Sam, if you're out there, we love you. <laughs> It's, but I do think it's one, it's a credit to your system and your franchisees, right? So the, the buying community out there, one, has to be very strong, very well healed. I'm not saying 100% equity, but very strong relationships. Uh, oh, by the way, you're not doing one-offs, onesie twosies. You're doing bulk transactions with very strong franchisees mm -hmm. who have proven their worth, uh, proven their loyalty, very easy to work with, not fighting mm -hmm. too much. Uh, and that's a two-way street. Um, and I think that's why people, uh, I think that's why your brand has been successful. I think that's why your customer loves who you are. I think that's why your franchisees love you. I think that's why they're willing to build brand new Motel 6, even though that sounds crazy. Uh, and I think that's why you've been successful from the outside. So kudos to you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's, it's everybody. I mean, it's been a great, the, the, the whole team is really, is really cranking. And we've, we've really focused on transforming the brand. Um, and, and we focused on the basics. I mean, we focused on quality, uh, the quality of our product. Uh, we focused on our franchise partners, building a better relationship with them, ensuring that they're at the table and their voice is heard, um, as well as um, just making sure that we don't stray from our value proposition. You know, we want to be in economy lodging. We, we like it. We want to be in there. It's our sweet spot, and we're not going to stray from that. Um, I, think that I think that distraction uh, uh, would hurt us. So we'll, we're, we're sticking with our knitting. So uh, let's talk about your peers. And in the upside-down world that we're living in now, uh, you guys, as you said, have stuck to your economy segment. Even throughout the last decade when the amenity creep uh, got, got a bit out of, out of hand, now, at least today, uh, the other franchise ors are following with you. They're cutting out amenities. They're cutting out the buffet breakfast. They're cutting out all kinds of things, sort of streamlining the process, which is going to help the expense side, help their franchisees mm -hmm. get through these tough times. Do you think they are hitting on something that you guys have known? Do you think those amenities come back when the world comes back? What do you think they can learn from your business model? I think it's really, really testing the customers and really getting the, the true understanding of what the customers want versus what the brand, uh, versus what the marketing uh, agencies, um, and dare I say, versus the ego. Um, what do the customers really want and really need? And, and then delivering on that and being maniacally focused on execution. I think that's the, that's, that's the key. And I think we'll, we'll, we're seeing everybody's like walking away from, you know, breakfast and walking away from, uh, you know, all of the other different types of amenities that are, that are, you know, cost savings or hard to maintain in this environment with, uh, uh, with safety and sanitation. Uh, but I think we'll figure out a way to slowly creep back in. We do it to ourselves all the time. I mean, look at, you know, every, every time we go through this type of environment, we say, we're not going to overbuild. We're not going to overbuild. And we overbuild. 
um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's so we kind of do it to ourselves. We do play a little bit too much follow the leader. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, so I think that's kind of our natural tendency. Hey, we're in the hospitality business. We're in the service business. We want to make everybody happy. You know, that's, 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 that's why we're in this business. And so our tendency is to surprise and delight. Um, but hopefully I think some will stick with, you know, or return back to that original value proposition, which then will put enough space in between, you know, us and, you know, and mid scale and then upper mid scale and all of that. So hopefully we'll figure out a way to, to provide that value. Uh, we'll make sure we call uh, Nasetta and Arnie and Bilotti. Yeah. Us and have good dialogue with them to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honey, yeah. stay in your lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's talk recovery. Uh, the only question is going to be, why did you talk to Pileshi? I mean, what was the purpose of that? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're texting me right now. It's, it's <laughs> they're, they're already blowing me up. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk recovery and what you think recovery looks like. Uh, and I think specifically on that list, as an example, I know you guys are heavy sort of uh, supporters of sports and ath athletics and uh, sponsors. Uh, see your, your advertisements, you know, all over the place. So coming from that angle, when do you think that comes back? When do we eat the next sporting event together? And when are you marketing dollars flowing? Yeah, I think I I I don't I don't think we're doing it. I, I think the next sporting event. I think maybe maybe early next year. I don't want to be I don't want to be so negative, but I'm just fearful that I think we'll get sporting things going. We'll be watching sports obviously with without uh, you know audience participation. Right, we'll be doing it from home. Then my fear is that uh, that there is a, a this second wave as everyone keeps talking about, which causes us to hunker down come the fall and, and through the holiday season. And then, and then I suspect, like many others, that come early next year, we'll all be out raring to go. Um, and, and then it's gonna be, you know, uh, you know, Nelly bar the doors, because you know, everybody's gonna be out with a vengeance, assuming that they're, we're on a path for, you know, for uh, a vaccine, assuming that, you know, 30, about 40%, 50% of, of, uh, uh, of society has already been infected and is, is recovering, I, I, you know, it, it, things get better from there. From the wider economy, um, I, I, I guess I, I, I see, I'm hopeful. I'm more hopeful than most. Um, you know, I've read everything, same as everybody else, that it's like the traditional recession takes 30 months you know, to, to come out, et cetera. But the government has thrown so much stimulus dollars at this. I mean, I read somewhere a statistic that for every $1 in lost wages, the government has, has given $4 in relief, stimulus, you know, uh, or other sort of benefits. I mean, that's gotta have an impact. Um, sure, unemployment's gonna stay high for a a period of time, again, while everybody is figuring out what that new normal looks like, what do you need, what's the timing, but I got to believe between that new stimulus dollars and the focus, hopefully, on, on the governments to 
bring more manufacturing back into the country, particularly technology, particularly you know medical, uh, bring that manufacturing back, onshoring or nearshoring, whatever the term is. Um, you've got to imagine that'll have a positive impact on, on getting manufacturing going. You got to imagine there's going to be some sort of infrastructure bills to get, you know, rebuilding, to get people working. Um, so I think there's a number of things that are probably going to happen that are going to bring good jobs, not just service sector jobs, you know, not, not dissing our business or food service, et cetera, but some good manufacturing jobs, some good construction jobs, et cetera, that are really be meaningful. Um, so I think that, you know, I, I'm more positive in this 30 month thing. Maybe it's 18 to 20 months. Yeah, I de there's definite pent up energy. You can feel it already, right? So let's try and get it start rolling uh, and then we'll see. When do the conferences come back? I mean, heck, you, you have, I think yours is September? Not anymore. That was my point. That's where I was yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I was talking to some of the, uh, the, 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 the team at AHOA and they're still, you know, they're trying to, they're, they're uh, trying to make a decision on August. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be problematic. Um, you know, for for some of the conferences, and and I think some of the conference attendees also, uh, we have to factor in. You know, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You know, do they have? Uh, you know, somebody that would traditionally go to a conference does. Do they live with someone who's got some sort of immune deficiency or some other sort of health issue that they are, they just don't want to take that chance and that risk. Um, and while I think it's important that we all get together, I think it's important that we get together and it's robust. I kind of, I would kind of be bummed going to a conference and all of a sudden there's only, you know, you and me and, you know, a handful of people. While that's fun, we could just meet at a bar and call it good, right? Um, I think you want to go back to a conference and you want to, with all the all guns a-blazing um, and, and get that excitement and energy there. And you want the right players there. So uh, I agree. My one add on though is you got, I've learned you got to start somewhere, right? Correct. Uh, I, I went to a business dinner for the first time uh, yesterday, two nights ago, two nights ago. Uh, and it's, you know, it felt weird. Candidly, it just did. I still haven't got on an airplane. Uh, that'll happen yeah. soon, but it just felt weird, but you got to go. You got to, you got to start somewhere. It's so. funny. We, we all used to just, you know, not even think about it. Just like, you know, you go to the office and all of a sudden you realize you're going to just jump on a plane, right? And then it just, hey, you call the house. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm flying to wherever. And you would never think about it. Now you pause and you think it's like, hmm, is this really, you know, am I, am I taking on risk for me, for my family? You know, you know how, about for, how about for those that I'm going to be spending time with? Is there risk there? So I think people pause. We had a, a visitor in the office yesterday, first time, forever. Uh, I've got another one coming this afternoon. It's just weird. But yeah. the more we do it, the less weird it feels. Yeah, only if those visitors are, the safe ones are those that are looking to acquire uh, Motel 6 properties. Those are the only safe visitors that you should ever have. Um, in your office, uh, you know, from an acquisition standpoint, um, 
or if they want to build Motel 6 property. Anyone else is probably risky, totally risky. I would be cautious of that. Thank you. Stay safe first. I agree. That's the, yeah. the priority. Your <laughs> mind's always in the right spot. Uh, Rob, I love it. You're entertaining as always. Uh, why we get along so well. Uh, thank you for time. Thanks for coming on. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, cheers to business. Let's try and bring that back sooner rather than later. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thanks for all you're doing. All right. Hey to the family. All right. Take it easy. Thank you. you. Too. See ya. Bye.